0: Welcome to Crossed Over, the show where you hear stories of people who have been transformed by Jesus Christ, who have truly crossed over from death to life.
1: Well, good to see everyone there. Jeff Johnson, your host of Crossed Over. And uh, this is the uh, the podcast or either on YouTube or Rumble, or maybe you're tuning in. Uh, on a podcast through Spotify or iTunes Uh, however you're tuning in we're glad that you're listening and as you've maybe perhaps heard the first few weeks first few episodes have crossed over uh, we want to boldly share that Jesus changes lives that that where there's death spiritually emotionally physically practically uh, Jesus brings life and I'm excited today about episode number three I'll share in, in a few moments about our guest. Uh, but before we continue, uh, I do want to give a uh, first ever shout out to um, a title sponsor that we have. Now, I told my my friend Ryan Sitom, who's a church planner, the River City Church in um, in Vancouver, Washington, just outside Portland, said there's nothing he needs to do to pay us for sponsorship. But we want to support the gospel work, the Jesus work, Uh, that they're doing there, the River City Church. And uh, if you see the link that's right to my right, it's uh, Church Plant Coffee, Gospel Impact with Every Sip. You can order, you can see the website uh, there on the screen. And we encourage you to, for those of you who love coffee, get out there and buy some coffee. And knowing that your money goes to supporting uh, the work of sharing Jesus uh, to the Pacific Northwest. As we continue to invite you to like, share, uh, subscribe, if you're on YouTube or Rumble, if you're on uh, Spotify or iTunes, please like this, share, make some comments, and uh, and pass it on to a friend. We want uh, the good news of Jesus to be uh, out there to as many people as possible. Well, I'm going to go in and bring my guest in uh, for the day for episode number three. It is none other than Shane Doty. Uh, Shane, how you doing? I'm doing great. How you doing, Jeff? Very good. Shane, I'm going to introduce you for just a minute to those who, uh, who may not know you. Uh, Shane is the discipleship pastor here at First Baptist in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Shane has been here uh, since the Dark Ages. Uh, nope, <laughs> no, but he's been here a long time, back when his hair was darker. And uh, it flowed in the back a little bit. Uh, but if you don't know, Shane was the, uh, when he came here in the mid-80s, uh, Shane came as the student pastor, is the youth pastor back. Shane, what year did you come to, to Kings Mountain?
0: August of 1988, just uh, six months after Chip.
1: Wow. Well, Shane came as, as the youth pastor right after our pastor, who you heard in episode two. And Shane was the the youth pastor for 11 years uh, before I came as youth pastor. And uh, uh, he has a lot of wisdom. Shane is sort of the Swiss Army knife of the pastor staff here. Shane does a little bit of everything. He is uh, the jack of many trades. If... Uh, a lot of things get done around here, and it's because of Shane. So we're so appreciative. But on a personal note, I'm glad that Shane joined us today because I want you to hear Shane's Jesus story. Uh, Shane, in our conversation today, is going to share a little bit more about uh, how Jesus has really brought life into his um, his family, his growing up, his his life. And it's going to be a wonderful story. And I want you to know as an audience that I have been greatly impacted by this man right here when i first came as a as a didn't really know anything pastor on staff shane really was huge for me uh mentored me in a lot of ways uh, helped me with a lot of wisdom shane i love you and appreciate you as a brother and thank you for your impact on my life
0: well brother i I can say ditto the same. Uh, As you know, one of my favorite passages of scripture is as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And uh, you have sharpened me. Uh, We have been blessed to have each other. I know I've been blessed to have you. And I appreciate what you're doing. You know, you said I'm a jack of all trades. That is not true and you know it. What you're doing right now, I could never do. That is a trade that I am not a jack of at all. mm
1: Well that's okay because really it doesn't matter because one thing that we have in common is Jesus. amen and I know that you know we share some similarities in our testimony and our upbringing and I want yeah. particularly people that know you and those that may not know you um, I want them to really learn a little bit about how how uh-huh. Jesus has brought um, life into you and I'm looking forward to our time together. So thank you for being here. Um, so let's let's go back. If you would, um, I've already shared what you're doing today. Uh, Shane is, um, I didn't share her personal life, but Shane's married to Elisa. She's a teacher here in the local community. Uh, Shane's two kids grew up through my youth group, uh, uh, Ryan and Jordan, and it was wonderful to to share with them. But let's go back in time, Shane, if you would. Share with us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, and maybe some of the experiences that, that we may not know about you.
0: Glad to do it. Uh, A lot of my childhood, I don't like to go back and talk about, to be honest with you, I don't remember a lot of it, but I was born in uh, Greenville, North Carolina. My parents were juniors at uh, East Carolina University. And so I was, uh, uh uh-oh, and so I sort of came into their life. And after they graduated, we moved to Virginia, And my dad joined the CIA. He worked at the CIA and we lived in Virginia until I was five years old. At five years old, we moved to Taiwan. Uh, My dad was sent as a CIA uh, personnel to Vietnam, lived in Saigon. And we lived in Taiwan for two and a half years. And then he would pop in and out and visit us every five or six weeks for a couple of weeks. And that was my life, my early childhood. After the Vietnam War ended, we came back, and back to Washington, D.C., we went. But shortly after coming back to Washington, D.C., I guess I had my first major uh, event in my personal life, and that is my dad left. My mom and dad had a volatile relationship, and after being back in the States for about a year, my dad left. I said, I don't have a lot of memories about being a kid, but I do remember that day. And I remember being ripped out of my shell when he put his suitcase in the car and he was gone. So that's, that's the early days. We continued to live in Virginia and I thought my dad was great. I idolized him. He was a spy. That was kind of cool. And, uh, Every other weekend, he would come and pick us up and take us to his house, have a few memories about that. We would go to see movies a lot. We would ride around in his convertible and we would eat egg McMuffins from McDonald's. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Uh, Well, after, another memory that I have in that same period of time is not quite as positive. And that is, you know, I said that I idolized my dad and, uh, loved to go see him. But one of the vivid memories I have as a kid was packing up my suitcase with my little brother who's four years younger than me and sitting on the front porch of our house and waiting for my dad to come pick us up. And uh, the fact is many times he didn't come. And so after a couple of hours, mom would come out and say, come on inside, let's get dinner. I don't think he's coming today. And that had a huge, uh, impact on my life and how I felt about me, to be honest. From there, my mom eventually remarried and we moved to North Carolina. And that was the second major traumatic part of my life. First was him leaving. But uh, now I was eight hours away from my dad and I felt like our relationship, which was tenuous anyway, was over my mom and her second husband uh, had a volatile relationship they fought and screamed and hollered and threw things and things got broken and language went wild and that's kind of where I, where i grew up and you know eventually he left too and so there i was you know my early childhood if you say how was it it was bad. <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, I wouldn't even give it a 1.
1: Well, well, hold on. Let's pause there then. You say it's bad. And, and one of the things that we share in common is growing up in a blended family, div- child of, of divorced parents. Um, how, how did you personally, when you say it was bad, I mean, how did that impact... You know the separation from your dad the divorce the volatile situation with your mom and a second husband how did that impact you know how you viewed shane Doty, how you viewed yourself and self-image and socially what was the impact
0: uh it had a major impact first of all when i moved to north carolina i moved at christmas break and so i was in sixth grade entering in school if you remember back in grade school you know that By Christmas time, you have all your friends, you know who you're sitting with at lunch and all that. So when I went to school, I was completely alone. I felt like when I went to my house, I spent a lot of time in my bedroom, watching TV or listening to music. I was completely alone. And I felt like I had no idea why I was here. And I felt like I was not important. My self-worth was terrible. And to be honest with you, I'm not saying I was suicidal, but I did wish I wasn't. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just thought, I can remember thinking, man, it would be so much easier if I just wasn't here. Um, I get up in the morning, go to school, come home, watch TV, do my homework, listen to music, and go to bed, and I really don't matter to anyone, including to me. And that's kind of how it was. That's it. So... You moved eight hours away
1: from your dad, and you are in North Carolina now, Charlotte area. Mm-hmm. Um, I know your story, but some things changed. Um, what, what were some of the changes that took place, particularly when it comes to, uh, to God and faith and Jesus? I mean, what were some things that um, really changed over the next few years for you as, as
0: a young teenager? Well, at this point in my life so far, um, I really didn't think about God at all. I didn't know God, I didn't know about God, and I didn't really think about God. But that was kind of interesting because my uncle was a youth minister. And he was a youth minister in a church called Mulberry Baptist Church, which interestingly is about three miles away from Calvary Baptist, which is where brother Chip was preaching. But my uncle was a youth minister And so consequently, we started going to church. My mom, my little brother, and I started going to church. But I sat out in the congregation with my mom and my brother because the youth had a youth section where they would all sit together. And I didn't want to go sit with them because they were a bunch of snobs and jerks, and I didn't know them, and they didn't know me, and I didn't want to. Or at least that's what I thought. But uh, I did like Wilson. Wilson became a father figure for me. And we did stuff together like played tennis, uh, went fishing, rode the horse, cut wood. We just hung out. He was, I really needed somebody and he was that somebody. And so you say what changed. One, one day something, I guess this was the next big moment in my life, but uh, Wilson said he was going to come over and pick me up and we were going to go play tennis. This was during the summer after my seventh grade year and uh, we didn't go to the tennis courts we drove up to the parking lot of mulberry baptist church and there was a bus in the parking lot and all these teenagers were getting on the bus and i was like what's up and he said you're going to youth camp garden city chapel by the sea and i said no i'm not i don't even have my clothes i'm not going oh yeah we've already packed your clothes you're in my trunk you're going and we got into a little argument and he basically said Here's the only question, Shane. Do you want to meet these kids for the first time walking in on your own two feet face first or with me throwing you over my shoulder and you can meet them rear end first because you're going? And again, I was shy and introverted, also had a little bit of a temper, but I did not want to meet them like that. So I went to camp. And I will just tell you that that week at garden city chapel by the sea was the single greatest, uh, event in my life up to that point. I mean, it was amazing. I had so much fun. I made friends. Um, I enjoyed life. I'm not going to say that, um, everything happened at camp, but it was an awesome beginning.
1: Okay, so so let's build off that a little bit. So you go to youth camp, and as a former youth pastor myself, I know you served for for many years. Uh, when you get away from home and that camp environment, you're around a group. A lot of lot of impact can happen on young people. So so build off of that. Um, would you say that was uh, the time when you became a Christian, or
0: you know? To build off that a little bit, and so what was the next step? I'm glad you said that because I actually need to go back before I go forward. Um, I said that I spent a lot of time by myself in my, in my house. I remember one day being in my basement one evening, and I kind of looked up at the ceiling. I guess we all think God is up. And I remember I'd been going to church, so I'd heard of God now, but I was not a believer. And I remember looking up at my ceiling and saying, God, I don't know why I'm here. No, I said, God, if you're there, if you're real, I I need help. I, I am miserable. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm here for. I need help. I need friends. I need purpose. And that's what, I, that's what I said, and that was it. And it was shortly after that, that I ended up going to camp. I mean, just a couple of weeks. And so what happened at camp was honestly, uh, My initiation to a bunch of teenagers who were completely different than the teenagers that I knew at school they they had something different about them so I didn't come to know Christ that week but what happened was I became interested in knowing what it was that they had that I did not have and so I started showing up to church every time the doors were open Sunday school I came Sunday night I um, came to the midweek Bible study, which for us was on Tuesday night. It was called Tuesday Night Live. And and then later on, which is after I became a believer, I started going to small groups. We lived 25 minutes from the church one way, 25 or 30 minutes. So my mom went from, Shane, we're going to go to church. No, I'm not. To, I need you to take me again. And I was going four and five times a week. And I think at that point, I would have just wanted to have a cot at the church and just live there. Still not a believer. And then my uncle said something to me. He said, Shane, I'd I'd like to disciple you. Now, understand, I'm not a believer yet, but I've been going to church. And he said, are you interested in knowing how to follow Jesus? And I was like, sure. And he said, okay. And he gave me my first Bible. It was NIV. And he had a verse in the front. And he said, I want you to memorize this verse and come back in a week and we're going to talk. And my first Bible verse that I ever memorized was 2 Timothy 2.2. And here's what it says. The things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who are going to be able to teach others also. And the Doty version of that is, Wilson said, Shane, I'm going to teach you some stuff. But before I do, you have to promise that whatever I teach you, you're going to teach somebody else. And you're going to ask them to teach somebody else after you. And I said, okay, and I learned that verse. Then he gave me a new verse, it was John 3.30. And uh, John the Baptist was talking to his disciples and they walked up to him and said, John, the guy that you baptized the other day, he's baptizing people now and they're following him and not you. And John looked at his disciples and he said, he must become greater, I must become less, John 3.30. And Wilson told me, Shane, I know you love me, but I must become less, and he who must become greater. And that was my second verse. And then believe it or not, my third verse was John three sixteen. Never heard it, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. And Wilson told me about the Roman road, road to salvation. I learned that I was a sinner, that I was separated from God, and that, that God had paid the price for my sins so that I could have a relationship with Him again. And at that point, now I'm uh, in eighth grade. Then I became a believer. So that was kind of my, my early experience with Christ. And then I joined a small group, just like Jason is doing now. I joined a small group. I'll tell you just, just a second, It was we did discipleship families, which means I had seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade in one house. And there were guys and girls. And there was big brothers and little brothers and big sisters and little sisters and stuff like that. And so I began to grow in my faith. Mm-hmm.
1: So man, that's a lot packed in. So you grow up in I'm sure what you would consider a very uh, volatile situation with home life and your dad and your mom and your and your younger brother, but you know, the impact that your Uncle Wilson had. Huge, sharing Christ with you. You place your faith in Christ. And, you know, as I've shared with you, you know, the heart, the key verse for crossed over is John 5, 24. Basically, you hear the words of Jesus and believe him who sent me. You're not judged, but you've crossed over from death to life. And, you know, we, be- we believe, I guess, in this, that that Jesus brings life where there wasn't. You're going to say something? I
0: prayed. I prayed in my basement. And I didn't really know I was praying because I didn't believe in God and I asked God for friends and for a purpose and for help and I say clearly that God gave me the first thing that God gave me was Wilson you know I didn't have a father figure so he gave me a father figure he gave me Wilson the second thing he clearly gave me was friends when he gave me the youth at first baptist I mean, first Baptist, Mulberry Baptist. And then the third thing that he gave me was Jesus. Uh, And it was in that order because he met my needs first and then he introduced himself to me, but he gave me Jesus. And the fourth thing he gave me, which is so significant and it's made an impact on my life, is John 1, 12. And that is for as many as received him, for those who believed on his name he gave them the right to become children of god and what happened was he became my heavenly father and i always had a I need a father complex i just did i can even remember telling wilson as much as i loved him you are not my dad but i was able to say to god you are my dad and that changed that changed everything for me um the next thing he gave me, and you've heard me quote this verse, is Jeremiah 29:11 through 13. If it's okay, I'd just like to read it um, because it's all so good. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, for no harm to come to you, for you to have a hope and a future. Listen at this. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Doty version again, God said, Shane, I've got better plans for you than you have for yourself. And so what God did is he gave me purpose and everything that I prayed for that night in my basement when I didn't even know there was a God he he had given me. Um, so
1: so so you're in, you're an eighth grader, eighth grader. You place your faith in Christ. And you know, I share a part of my testimony that I there was clearly uh, BC, you know, definitely before Jesus, and there's an after Jesus. You know, one of the most powerful things I think, you know, when Jesus brings life, um, we were talking even even before this. What were some of the tangible ways in which you saw God pouring life into you? Uh, you know, eighth graders, you went into high school. Uh, you know, I know part of your testimony is a young lady that God. Uh, connected you with, that would become your wife. But share with those of us that are listening, you know, the crossover from death to life. What were some of the ways you saw God God working and changing you? And as John 10, 10 says, you know, Jesus came
0: that you might have life and life to the full. How, how did you see that? From eighth grade until 10th grade, I like I said, I joined small groups at our church. We had homework, We had to memorize scripture, hide God's word in our heart. And we had assignments, things that we had to do, ministry, service. And um, I began to see people through God's eyes. And I I felt like one of my purposes, honestly, uh, was to make sure that there were no other kids that felt like I felt. And so when, when I was at church, I was the welcoming committee. I was trying to connect people with other people to make sure that everybody felt like they had a place. Then when I went to school, I had a new confidence at school, not because I fit in there because I did not, but because I had the security of having brothers and sisters at church. So when I went to school, I started reaching out to people and I continued to memorize scripture. Wilson continued to challenge me and help me to grow. He, he was my Paul. He gave me assignments and expected me to behave in a certain way and to put Christ first. And I just continued to grow and grow and grow in Christ. And then, like you said, in that process, I developed a lot more self-confidence. I became not an introvert, I became talkative like I am now. Uh, Started dating, meeting girls, uh, developing relationships, but I didn't meet any godly girls, I just didn't. And then one day, a new girl started coming to Mulberry Baptist Church, Elisa Hamilton. And the first thing that happened when I saw her was I said, wow, what a godly girl. No, that's not what I said. I said, man, she's cute. I want to meet her. And so we, uh, I walked up and introduced myself to her. I actually sang her a Beatles song. I want to hold your hand. And then she gave me her hand. Pretty cool. But, uh, She said, aren't you dating somebody? And I said, well, not anymore. And so anyway, long story short, she wasn't allowed to date because she was 14 and I was 16. I could go over to her house and we would sit in her parlor and she would play the piano and we would sing songs together. It's the first time I'd ever sang out loud in front of anyone and we sang together. And I was immediately captivated. I love music. I was captivated by her voice and by the piano and then the second thing that captivated me about her was was her faith she loved God and I told the youth this for years I've told lots of people you can't share a ride with somebody if they're not going the same place you are if somebody's heading on I-95 North and you're wanting to go I-40 West you can't ride in the same car If you do, one of you is not gonna end up where you wanted to go. Lisa wanted to go where I wanted to go. She wanted Christ to be the center of her life. And so we got to grow in our faith together. She encouraged me and I encouraged her. And I think that's important. Uh, My life partner has allowed God to do things in my life that he could have never done if I hadn't been with somebody, if I hadn't been with Elisa Doty. So, yes, God put her in my life.
1: Well, share, if you would, for for, uh, just a a minute or two. Um, One of the things you mentioned earlier was purpose, uh, how God gave you purpose. Connect it a little bit, maybe just the condensed version. You know, uh, I, I tease Shane that Shane has the gift of gab, he and Jason, if they were to get in uh, our student pastor a conversation, it's going to be a never ending loop of talking. But uh, that's okay. That's that's one of your one of your gifts from God, I guess. But but share with you if you would share with us uh, the purpose, maybe some of the greater purposes and plans that you saw play out over the next few years, and and uh, and how you ended up in
0: ministry. Well, I had no idea what I wanted to do with life. I wanted to be rich. That's what I wanted. But uh, I was floundering and my Uncle Wilson asked me if I would be the summer youth minister for him at his church. And I said, sure, I love being a part of a youth group. I'll do that. And so I went to I served as a a part time youth pastor, McKee Road Baptist Church. And in my first summer, over the first year, um, our our little group grew and I had uh, five kids give their life to Christ. And I had a young man who was really struggling in his relationship with his family named Eddie, who turned his life around and they started having a great relationship as a family. And I can remember being knowing immediately, this is what you need to do. Somebody pointed you to Christ when you were a teenager, you need to point teenagers to Christ. And so I quit school that I was in, transferred to Wingate, and went to the next. Uh, I, I went to four years of school in two years, so that I could go to seminary, and and be a youth pastor. And I knew unequivocally that my purpose was to point teenagers to Christ, so that they could cross over from death into life.
1: It almost reminds me of that first verse that your uncle Wilson had you memorize, is not it? You know, it sure did. Trusted to you. You spent your life. And trusting it to other people. Um, well, I will say this. You are no longer the you know, the youth pastor here at First Baptist, but you're the discipleship pastor, among other things. And I know a big part of your role here is encouraging uh, people to study God's Word, to, to grow in their discipleship following Jesus, but also as they disciple others to follow Jesus as well. Uh, so, Shane, as we close, I, I want you to, if you would, if there's someone perhaps listening um, to the podcast or watching this video, um, if there's one or two things that, that you would um, be willing to share a word of challenge or encouragement, whatever's on your mind that you'd be willing uh, captive audience to share, take this opportunity to do so.
0: I said in the beginning that on a scale of one to 10, my life from zero to 13 was a zero and, and really it was. And if you ask me what it is now, I'd say it's a 10. And uh, that seems like pretty high praise. Um, I'm not a prosperity gospel guy. I don't believe that when you come to Christ that your life just goes from terrible to awesome. But I do know that my B.C. before Christ was a zero. And my life after Christ uh, has been a 10. Now, during that 10, let me tell you this. As an early young Christian, I had a negative relationship with my mom. We fought all the time. After I became a believer, I struggled with, uh, with shoplifting. It was something I picked up when I was a kid. Um, I went from the age of 22 to 47 without speaking to my dad at all. We didn't have any relationship at all. During that time period, I'm at First Baptist during this time period. You know, I've had blood clots. My uncle Wilson dies, my mom dies, my grandparents all die. I've had multiple surgeries. In fact, people make jokes about it. What's wrong with you now? Um, And yet, if you ask me again after I said all that, one to 10, I'd say it's a 10. And, And here's why. It comes from another passage of scripture that I guess is my closing challenge to you. It's Philippians chapter four, verses uh, 8 and 9. And I'm going to read that too real fast. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and then the God of peace will be with you. You know, all of us have a door number one and a door number two in our life. And door number one is full of stuff that's tough. Stuff that we don't like to deal with. Stuff that we wish we could put that room at the end of the closet at the hall and never open it. But it's stuff that's there. And uh, it's real. But we also have a door number two. And I want to share with you just a few of my door number twos. First of all, I have a relationship with my dad now um, that I didn't have. I know that Wilson and my mom and my grandfather are in heaven because I have a living hope in Christ. I have four brothers in Christ that I have the privilege of going to work with every day that sharpen me and I am so privileged to have them around. I have friends that I love and that love me back. I have children that it blessed my life and made me smile. I have a wife that's always stood beside me and been my partner, and I have the cutest granddaughter that's ever been born. I have a purpose in life, and that's to know Christ and make him known, and you do too. I don't don't know what it is, but I know that God has bigger plans for you than you have for yourself. And if you'll seek him with your whole heart, you'll find him. And you'll be able to say, like me, may not look like a 10 to everybody else, but my life's a 10 to me.
1: I appreciate you sharing that. Well, Shane, thank you for um, being here with us. Thank you for being our guest on Crossed Over. And as with my testimony and any who's going to share on here, that's just part of your story. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, gaps that you could fill in. And so I will say that, that for those of you that are a part of uh, the Kings Mountain community, if, if you uh, ever feel inclined, feel free to call us up, come by. We would love to share more we'll detail. Be. Absolutely. For, for those of you that may be far away or may not even know us, uh, feel free to reach out to us. I'll be sure to put some of our contact information down here. Uh, we want to be sure, and I, I know that Shane would agree, that if if you're in, if you're considering Jesus, if you're not in the position yet, you've you've trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, you've not crossed over from death to life. We want to make sure that you know um, how to do that. And it's simply, you know, you cry out in faith, believing that Jesus. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for your forgiveness of your sins so that he could give you new life when you trust him in faith and believing believing the gospel truth the good news of Jesus you can cross over as well from death to life Shane can I pray for us as we go thanks again for being here That
0: would be great
1: thanks and Jeff Let me let me pray for us Father thank you so much for our time and I pray that you would uh, that you'd use Shane's story, which is really not his story, it's your story, of how you've impacted his life, that you would use this story of how you've brought life to Shane Doty into Shane's existence, and you've given him a purpose. I pray that just what he shared today that would be an encouragement, that it would maybe lead someone who's listening to consider Jesus, to even take that step of faith and trusting you. Father, thank you for the time we've spent together, and I just pray that uh, that you would use it to give you glory, and uh, we give you all the thanks and praise for our time together. Thank you for uh, bringing life to us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Jeff.
1: Well, brother, thank you for, uh, for joining us, and uh, maybe we'll have you back one day. That would be awesome. All right. Thanks, Shane. Well, as we close today, uh, I do want to uh, just say a few words as you wrap up. Once again, thank you for tuning in and sticking with us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble or listening on Spotify or Podbean or iTunes, however you're listening to us today. And I do um, want to encourage you, if if you would help us out to get the word out, the good news of Jesus, uh, of what he can do in your life and my life, would you um maybe listen continue to listen to the podcast to like it to share it and subscribe when you subscribe it allows us to customize our channel allows us to continue to make you aware when we have a new a new show coming out well listen it's uh, it's time to uh, to wrap it up and i want to remind you as i did the last episode that hope has a name and as long as you have breath in this life you have hope and that hope is Jesus. Don't miss Jesus' words from John five twenty four. Uh, Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who, set, who has sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. That is John five twenty four. If you've not heard it, well, I know you've heard it from Shane, but let me just say this as I close. Jesus came so that you could have life and life to the full. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Until next time, take care.